place and it's the right time. Amen. Thank you to all of our musicians and singers and praise team members that are in the back. Amen. Did you know that those people back there, they're part of the praise team too? Amen. Without them, it would get ugly. That is the very definition of team. Amen. So I want to welcome all of you today. I'm not going to preach real long. We were, I knew we were going to have testimonies today. Uh, I just have a thought I want to share with you. I feel like it's important. And uh, I feel like the Word of God is always important. We got a lot of repeat words. We echoed. We did a lot of echoing today of the words. They echoed. They, they received the Word and then they echoed it. And then hopefully it's echoing in their spirit. And that's what I hope today. I want to give you something that you can echo this week. And think about it. And really kind of rehearse in your mind. And I do want to say, hey, everybody online, welcome. Thank you for being with us. We know that you check us out online before you come to service. So thank you for doing that. And we hope to see you very soon. If you have your Bible, if you would, let's turn to the book of Jeremiah chapter 18. And we're going to read verses 3 and 4. What? Let me ask you this. Uh, what would we do without the variety of containers that we use every day? How many of you like containers? How many of you like me when you open one of those cabinets at your house? I know some of you, some of you are very, very organized. But the, sometimes when you open that one cabinet at your house, it's like avalanche. You know what I'm saying? And, and they all just go out everywhere, you know. And Jasmine's the one that's in charge of uh, putting the dishes away at my house, so I'm always like, Jasmine! <laughs> but what would we do? I mean, think about it. Plastic milk jugs, uh, water jugs, glass jars, uh, Tupperware of all sorts. Uh, we have cotton bags. We have paper bags, canvas bags, wooden. We have cardboard boxes. Uh, we've got large. We've got small. All the different containers that we have. And we don't even think twice about the benefit that they are until we have something we need to transport. Amen. In the biblical days, uh, especially in the Old Testament, they had one kind of container and it served a multitude of purposes and that was clay jars. They used it for everything pretty much. If it wasn't a basket, it was a clay jar. If you had a variety of different needs, you simply purchase a different size clay uh, jar or a clay pot or clay vessel of some sort. Everything was clay. Some things were fancy, some things were common, uh, but there was a lot. And they were all made of the same stuff, dirt and water. Let's read together. Jeremiah 18.3, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've already spoken to us and what we feel in this house. I pray, God, that you would give us a word that today from your word would resonate in our hearts and our spirits. And God, that we would trust in you and turn to you completely in every area of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody that loves the Lord, shout amen. amen. You may be seated. God chose to have communion with man. He wants to have relationship with man, but He will not force relationship or conformity. He won't make you love Him. He won't make you serve Him. He won't make you do anything. Man has a choice. 
of being whatever He wants to be. We must choose to be uh, what God wants us to be, but sometimes we choose otherwise. And so the good news is that we choose what kind of clay we will be. We're all clay. We're all dirt and water. Man is formed out of the dust of the ground. Your body is comprised mostly of water. And similar to the parable of the sower in the Gospels, this Old Testament story that we just read about how God wanted Israel to choose wisely in their relationship with Him. And we read this story and we, we look at how, uh, you know, he talks about going to the potter's house and he said that the vessel was marred, the vessel was messed up, and so he made it again. I'm so glad. I, I love this story because I was messed up. I was messed up. I was headed nowhere fast. Amen. And he had to make me again. He had to reshape me, remold me. He had to break me down. Amen. And then he had to reshape me and build me into who he wanted me to be. So I'm thankful that he still works with the clay even when it's messed up. Amen. Amen. I find seven noteworthy types of vessels mentioned in the Bible. I'm not going to try to give you a whole history lesson on all of them. But but let's look at 2 Timothy 2. And uh, let's read verses 20 and 21. It says, In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver. There are some other ones. Also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. It says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So it lets me know as I'm reading this that there are lots of different kinds of vessels, lots of different kinds of clay, but we have to choose what kind of clay we will be, and then that way, that kind of defines what kind of vessel we can be used for. Now, a lot of vessels in the house, uh, they are used for different things. Uh, Some to honor, some to dishonor. There are some uh, that are great and some that are not so great, but they're pretty much all made out of the same stuff. So the first one that we have is the vessel of honor. And a vessel of honor would have been used to carry water from the well. And sometimes a stranger would ask to drink from uh, the vessel that carried water from the well. It was a, an important vessel. It was uh, important because of what it did and, and what it represented and what it could bring into the house. And the mission of this vessel of honor was giving free water to everyone who was in the vicinity, everyone who was around it. And it wasn't made out of anything special it was made out of earth and it wasn't honorable because of what it was made out of it was honorable because of its nature what it did so you have a vessel of honor and then you have a, a clean vessel it's you know it was once a vessel of honor and it was handled by unclean hands and it was taken and, and the nature wasn't changed but its looks are marred and some things got messed up about it. it it was taken to the potter for scraping and the potter would try to fix it and the potter would try to do what he could and, and if he could he would make it again a clean vessel alright he would remake it if he had to he'd break it down and put it back into the fire again and he would remake that a new vessel if it was possible and so there's a a clean vessel and then we read about a chosen vessel Ephesians 1 and 4 according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love this means that the chosen vessel is chosen by the potter 
not chosen by people sometimes. It's not a, you know, it's not a beauty contest. Thank God. Not a popularity contest. Not a talent search. You know, I, I get a little... We, we were, they had service. They were talking about how some people are one-talent people and two-talent people, five-talent people, and how, you know, uh, sometimes the five-talent people make us one- and two-talent people really just sick. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, seriously? They can do everything, and they have everything, and it seems like God is just really good to them, and come on! And it's difficult because sometimes we're like, I'm not good enough or I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. But that's not how God chooses vessels. God doesn't choose based on your worth. He doesn't choose you based on your talent or your... He's the one that gave it to you in the first place. He chose you based on His love for you. Amen. To be chosen means you are chosen by the potter. And guess what? If you are chosen, you can stand the test of time. If you are chosen, you can say, I am a child of God. I know who I am. I am who He says I am. Amen. And so, if you live in that chosen uh, arena with God that He chose you and He picked you and He wants you and you surrender to Him, you can daily, amen, live in that favor. You can daily live in that blessing as a chosen vessel. And then there's the holy vessel. Now, the holy vessel is it's important because it cannot be touched except by the clean. God is holy and He will not be uh, in the presence of unholiness. He will not allow unholiness to filter in and and corrupt His body. Amen. And His plan for things. And so when you look at the holy vessel, you understand that the holy vessel is chosen by God. They're placed by God. They have the favor of God and they are holy and they are uh, uh, not perfect in and of themselves. But the righteousness of God, amen, is purifying and sanctifying them into be what He wants them to be. And here is the good news. The good news is that Satan cannot injure a holy vessel. Right. right. Now I'm going to just, I'm going to pause just for a second. Sometimes we want to come to church, but we don't want to be holy. And and then the devil messes with us. And we wonder, how can the devil mess with us? Because we don't care about holiness. We just, you know, and and I've had, I've got a lot of friends, a lot of church friends, a lot of denominational uh, church friends. And and some of them, they're like, I don't understand. I I I don't see how this can be and why this isn't happening. Why, you know, that's happening for you. But I... And I said, look, I, it's not a mystery. I said, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. I still make a lot of mistakes. I said, you got to understand, holiness is pleasing to God. Yes. And the church that says, I want to be holy, cannot be touched. Amen. The devil can come and, and try to pull, pull all the forces of hell against that church. But the gates of hell will not prevail against the holy church. Because God always protects the holy. Amen. You say, well, I don't, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know that I can really, uh, you know, I can't get down with that. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. How many of you remember whenever they were bringing the uh, the ark back? You remember that? Yes. You know, and, and and I really, I used to kind of struggle with. Okay, the guy tries to keep the ark uh-huh. right from hitting the ground, yes. and God just strikes him dead. I'm like. He was just trying to keep it from falling on the ground. Did that ever bug anybody else but me? But then I realized 
That dirty ground was more holy than the man that had touched it. God always protects the holy. He's got a, a certain way that He likes things to be done and that, that has to be a, a way that's pleasing to Him. And, and He doesn't make it hard for us to understand. He, he just says, you know, without holiness, no man shall see God. Why? Because you won't care what He thinks. Amen. And if you don't care what He thinks and you don't care about loving what He loves and hating what He hates, guess what? Somewhere, some way, something's going to get to you. It's going to pull you away. But if you say, God, I want to be holy. I want to be right before You. I want my heart and my mind and my spirit to be pure and to be holy. Satan can't touch you. That's right. That's right. Satan can't touch you because, you know, it's kind of like uh, the, the children of Israel when they passed through the Red Sea. Amen. Pharaoh and his army, they came to the Red Sea, but they couldn't get through the Red Sea because the devil can come to the blood, but he can't get through the blood. And when you're holy and you're living, amen, as as a child of God and you say, God, I want to be a holy vessel. That means I want everything I say and do to please you when pastor sees me and when nobody sees me. Come on. Right. Amen. Yes. Amen. This is not really popular, but it's 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 okay. It's 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 good preaching. It will help us. I want to be a holy vessel. Amen. And then we have vessels of dishonor. And the Scripture talks about similar to a vessel of honor except for the contents. The contents in the vessel of dishonor are, are it's kind of bad. You know, it's, it's one of those vessels that it collects and collects and collects, but it never gives anything out. You see, the vessel of honor was always giving out. If you're thirsty, come. If you need a drink, come. If you, if you want, you, you can have. And, and I'll give you everything. And I'll, I'll supply. And, and then the vessel of dishonor says, no, this is mine. All right. Right. This is for me. And so, never gives anything out. Always collects, but never gives. And, and so it becomes vile and smelly and covered with slime. Oh, man. Doesn't that sound appetizing? That's how Christians are that never give anything out. Right. We've got this water of life that we have received freely. And the Scripture says, freely have you received, freely give. We ought to be, come on now, we ought to be a river. There ought to be a river coming out. That's what the Scripture talks about. So we become a vessel of dishonor when we take the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God and this gospel truth and we say, it's all about me. Amen. 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 We, we've got, uh, you know, they just told us that a million two is no problem for God, right? We, we need to be having church in the biggest. Uh, you know, that would be very easy if everybody in this room would just be on fire for God. If everybody in this room would say, you know what, i got to have more of Jesus. I want to be holy. I want to share this with somebody. I want to help somebody else. I want to be useful in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And then Jeremiah twenty two twenty eight says, Is this man, Kaniah, a despised, broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore are they cast out, and he and his seed are cast into a land which they know not? This one kind of, whoo, this one kind of bugged me. I'm like, a vessel empty of pleasure. What are you talking about? An abominable vessel. Something that shouldn't be. It's one of those vessels that gets put behind the house. 
I've got some things behind my garage and I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm going to get those out to the trash. Those are going to go, I've I got to get that stuff out, right? Because it's a dishonored vessel. And if you are a dishonored vessel, it's a downhill road for you. Right. Because God can't use you and, and you don't want to be used. And, and, and you're basically, you have become a, veso, a vessel wherein there is no pleasure for God. Right. He looks down at us and he's like, oh, it's all about you. I, I don't know what even to do with that. You know, the only time you want to talk to me is when everything's bad. The only thing, only time you want to have anything to do with me is when you need to get out of something. Right. There's a vessel that's empty of pleasure. It's an abominable vessel. And then uh, there's even in Romans 9.22 that talks about the wrath of God. There are, there are vessels of wrath. And in Romans 9.22, what if God willing to show His wrath and to make His power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Mm -hmm. These vessels are useless to the potter. They have run out of any usefulness whatsoever. They came out crooked because they couldn't stand the fire. They came out, they were all messed up, and they didn't even care. They didn't want to be fixed. He tried to remake them again and messed it up and they they just they just said I will not come out right I had a day the other day and, and I was I'm just telling you I was anybody ever had a bad hair day? I had a bad hair day the other day and it was at youth congress 37,000 people and I walk in and look I look like alpha my hair was sticking up straight wasn't it y'all was laughing at me I know you were my hair was sticking up straight and I was like I can't get to lay down I sprayed it man I put things on and I, was, I went over and over and over finally I just said who cares <laughs> I said, that's enough. You know, I'm just, I don't care. It, it's not about me, and I'm just going to go on. And they're not looking at me anyways. I'm just an old man, so forget about it. I'm just going. So me and, me and my alpha alpha hair, we went. And I told my wife, I said, oh, well, that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> you ever have one of, those, one of those times where everything just seems to be messed up, and you're like, you know what, I've had enough? Maybe you were trying to put something together, and it wouldn't go together, and so you just threw it away. Anybody ever had that? Or you tried to make a cake or you tried to do something and it just kept coming out wrong and so finally you just ditched the whole... That's what this vessel of wrath is all about. The vessel of wrath has no usefulness to the potter and the potter says, I'm going to just throw it away. He tries again and again to fix the vessel but the vessel resists. What if God... Willing to show His wrath and make His power known. Endured with much long-suffering. He, he endures, but He says, look, at some point, at some point, it's going to be over. We are the clay in the hands of the potter, but the choice is ours. We, we have to decide what kind of clay we will be. In 1902, a 42-year-old woman sat in a prayer meeting and she had a broken heart. She had served the Lord faithfully with all of her adult life in various capacities, all the time dreaming of her heart's desire to take the gospel to Africa as a missionary. Finally, her plan seemed certain to be fulfilled, but at the last minute her dream evaporated like a mist because she had not been able to raise sufficient funds. And so, heartbroken, she attended a prayer meeting at church hardly able to focus on what was going on around her, she was struck by the words of an elderly woman who prayed, it, it really doesn't matter what you do with us, Lord. Just have your own way with our lives. 
She couldn't get the idea out of her mind as later that night she sat meditating on Jeremiah 18 and and the story of God the potter shaping Israel the clay. So before she went to bed that night, Adelaide Pollard wrote out all four stanzas to the now beloved hymn, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, published in 1907. You may know the words to this beautiful hymn by heart, but the first verse just goes simply, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Have Thine Own Way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after Thy will while I am waiting, yielded and still. In Jeremiah's image of the divine potter and the clay, one particular thing had caught Adelaide Pollard's eye. The potter saw a blemish in the clay that he was using. So he shaped the pot again. Had God delayed Adelaide's trip to Africa in order to shape her differently? To refine her for His service? She didn't know, but she was willing to yield herself to the potter's hands. And she did eventually get to Africa as a missionary all in God's time. But I wonder if there are those of you here today that you are wondering why certain things have not turned out and why you're still flawed. Could it be that He is trying to make you again? Could it be that He wants to reshape you? Are, Are you willing? Will you yield to the potter? As I close today, I I said it before, I mentioned it this morning, but our lives will not be defined by one major choice. We will surrender to God over and over and over for the rest of our lives if we are going to be useful in the hands of the potter. I I wish I could tell you, you know, it's just one easy choice. Somebody uh, told me not too long ago, I remember the day that I gave my life to Christ. And I, I was thinking, oh, that's awesome. And I said, how are things going now? And, oh, they're great. They're great. Everything's great. And I said, so what, what church do you go? Oh, I don't go to church. Oh, okay. Um, well, how's that going? Oh, that's great. And I said, well, don't you think it's important to be at church? No, 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 I'm, I'm good. I gave my life to Christ a long time ago. And I said, well... If you gave your life to Him, why wouldn't you want to be around His body more? And they just kind of looked at me. I said, you know, the thing is, you don't make just one choice and it's over. You continually surrender. You continually yield to God. And I said, I know you might not have heard of this, but there's a, a process described in Scripture called sanctification. And I said, sanctification is not easy. It's not popular. It's not a lot of fun. But this is what it is. It's me becoming less of me and becoming more like Jesus. And I said, so I've got to yield every day to those things that are not pleasing to God. I've got to yield and say, God, whatever you want. Because he looks down and he says, yeah, you're not perfect yet. Anybody perfect? Anybody got it all figured out? No. Me neither. There's people in here, you've served God for longer than I have. I thought you would have the answers by now. I thought you'd have it all figured out, but you don't. And some of you are looking at me like, Pastor, you're supposed to be our spiritual leader. Don't you have it all figured out? I don't. But I can tell you, I can tell you the secret. The secret is yield every day to God. Amen. Surrender every day, over and over, to God. We will not be remembered by our one-time choice to be baptized or receive God's Spirit. That's not how it's going to go down. 
Because you can do that and still be lost. We'll eventually become the millions of choices we make in our day-to-day lives. Whether to surrender to God's will or to follow our own. And so today, as you stand, I would tell you the choice is yours right here, right now. You can make the choice to live for God, to serve God, to yield to God. Or you can choose to be that stubborn piece of clay. I know I got flaws, but God, you should just accept me as I am. There's all kinds of churches out there, Pastor, that will tell me that God, He accepts me just as I am. And I agree with that statement. He loves you just the way you are. But can I tell you, He loves you too much to leave you that way. He loves you too much to leave you the way that He found you. He wants to make something beautiful out of your life. He wants to take a yielded vessel and help you become a holy vessel of honor, fit for the Master's use, meat for the Master's use. I don't know about you, but I think about a lot of time that I've wasted doing my own thing. And I say, God, I'm about to be 43. I know some of you that's young, some of you that's, wow, that's old, but... I don't have a whole lot of years left. I know that some of you are like, oh, you're still young. you got all kinds of time. I'm telling you, when I was 16, I, had, I thought I had all kinds of time. When I was 20, you know, and everybody was like, you're, you're already a youth pastor? Yeah, I am. And then I was 24, and I was like, you're a pastor? I can't believe you're a, lead, a senior pastor? Really? 24, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm young. i got a lot of time. And then 40 hit, and I was like, you know, this is getting real. Some of you are laughing because you're 30, but it's coming. I laughed when I was 32. Some of you, you're like, yeah, Pastor, you know, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70. Well, I'm just going to say this. I don't have a lot of time left. I may have... 30, 40 years. My wife doesn't like it when I get morbid, so i got to stay clear of that. But I may have 30 or 40 years left, but, but that's not a lot of time. I, I don't want to waste a day. I don't want to waste an hour. I don't want to waste a week not yielded to God. Because every day that I waste is, is maybe a life that I could have touched. Maybe somewhere that I could have invested in the kingdom of God. So I want to be useful. The scripture says he made it again. So it, he made it into what it pleased him. The scripture talks about being meat for the master's use. You know what? What good does it do me? You know, have you ever seen some of those um, pottery things out there that they make? Some people make pottery, and I, I honestly think it's not really useful for anything. Like, it's the ugliest stuff, and they're like, oh yeah, it's a horse. I'm like, no, it's not. What are you going to do with it anyways? You know, is it a paperweight? What is it? <laughs> I want to be a useful vessel. When, when He gets done shaping me and remaking me, good Lord, He's probably remade me 50 times at least. I mean, I'm telling you, every time I think, man, you know, it's getting good, and then He like exposes with the Word, He exposes the, the marring and the, the mistakes and the character issues in me, and I'm like, oh God, here I go again. Just put me back on the wheel. I want to be useful. 
God, I gotta stay humble. I've got to submit myself. I've got to yield to you. I want you, God, to make me what you want me to be. So my prayer every day is, God, I'll yield to you. You show me what you want, I'll do it. God, I'll obey, I'll follow you. But I want to be useful. So today this altar's open and I, I just challenge you. I challenge you to put yourself back on the wheel and say, God, remake me. Lord, if I'm if you see any flaws and if you see attitudes and, and characteristics and, and things that aren't right in me, God, just remove them from me. Take these flaws out and God, help me to be what you want me to be. And He will. He will. He said it to Israel. He said, oh Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? He's the perfect potter. He's the perfect master. He will take care of you and He will remake you brand new. This altar's open. Amen. Let's talk to God.